up on this episode of Growing Goodyear. We had a tragedy happen in September of 2019. Um, our daughter was uh, in a drowning and Goodyear Fire Department was very crucial at that moment. They showed up at the hospital, whole crew. They've been at her birthday parties. They've, they follow along her journey. It's beautiful. It's special. It's because of them that our daughter is still here today. Growing Goodyear podcast. I'm Tammy Vell. And I'm Jordan Bird. And today we're talking about, Jordan, something that can impact everyone. You really hope it doesn't have to impact you or your family, but nevertheless, is really important in a time of potential crisis. Yeah, and that is the Goodyear Fire Department having a brand new ambulance service, which not only is it important to our residents to have this new level of service, but it's also a historic moment because in the 75 plus years of the city of Goodyear, the Goodyear Fire Department, they have never had their own ambulance service until today. And let's face it, in an emergency, if you have, God forbid, you know, a, a paramedic or a fire engine show up at your house in an emergency, you're probably not looking at who it is in that moment. You're probably not looking at the badge on their shirt, who are they with. But for the city of Goodyear, in a situation like that, this is a big moment for the city, and it means a lot to really be able to have our own fire department and our own service to, to better support our city. Yeah, I mean, it gives our residents a consistent level of customer service now. And so if you are in the need of of paramedics, EMTs, firefighters, from the time they first show up to the time you're transported to the hospital, those are Goodyear employees now. And there is a real commitment to our core values here in the city of Goodyear when we're talking about that interpersonal relationship between the city, our department, like the fire department, and our residents. And you're going to hear from Chief Paul Louisi in this episode today. And one thing that you'll hear from him that kind of surprised me is that it's very personal for the first responders at Goodyear your fire when they show up at your door. So so we're going to hear more about that. And then we're going to talk to a Goodyear mother about how a quick response and the actions of the Goodyear Fire Department helped save her daughter's life and how those department members have kept in touch with this young girl and her family. But first, it's time for our Fast Five with Chief Paul Luizzi. What is your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Let's talk about vacations. Would you rather go to the mountains or the beach? Beach. Who is a famous person that you would like to meet? I would love to meet Abraham Lincoln. Just somebody that I always kind of enjoyed reading about. What advice would you give to your younger self? Be patient. It'll happen. I think I was always the driver, wanting to move faster. But now as I'm getting towards the end of my career, <laughs> just be patient. Would you rather travel into the future or travel back into the past? I think travel back into the past. So we're talking about the ambulance service, which is really a historic occasion for Goodyear Fire and the city of Goodyear in the history, 75 years plus. Yep. The city, the fire department has never owned or never operated their own ambulance service until now. So just kind of in terms of that historical aspect, what does it mean to you to be the chief of that department that now has this first ever ambulance service here in Goodyear? It's exciting. Ironically enough, I was hired in, in 2007 to be the EMS battalion chief. So I was going to run the, the EMS division. And one of my objectives was to determine whether or not it made sense to someday run our own ambulance service. And so what I quickly found out about Arizona is 
it is a very uh, statute-driven, rule-driven process. So it takes a long time to get through. So at the time, my initial impression was that it probably didn't make sense just because of the money we would have to expend, the length of time that it takes to get through the process. But as I progressed through my career in Goodyear, it made more and more sense as time went on to kind of control our destiny. And when we finally got the certificate in my hand, I could wave it around and say, yeah, we got it. I actually called uh, the old fire chief, Mark Ayler, who's in Flagstaff now as their fire chief. And I said, hey, it only took me 16 years, but I, I did it. I finally did it. <laughs> Wait, so that's so when you say you got hired and that was kind of one of your first yeah. charges to this point in February, that was 16, 16 years? 16 years. Yeah. Holy cow. And from the time we submitted the application till the time that I literally have it in my hand was three years. So it's a very long process. You know, you hope you never need to be taken to the hospital, but if you are... In an emergency, sometimes people don't always look at the name on the side of the ambulance. Sure. Who's taking you there? Right. But for you, what does it mean to, to you and to the department to be able to accomplish such a feat at this point? It's huge because it allows us to continue that care. So in January, when we're still working with our, our private transport provider, Maricopa Ambulance, the way a call would go is say it's for shortness of breath. Our engine would roll out to that call, and we always have two paramedics on every one of our engines. And so they have all of their equipment to be able to take care of whatever the problem is. And so in this instance, if it's a shortness of breath, the engine will roll in first, figure out what's going on. And then what happens is the private ambulance provider comes in behind them, and then they hand the patient off, and then the private provider transports them to the hospital. Our guys were missing that piece. They wanted to be able to continue that care all the way to the hospital. We have a level of trust from our community that allows us into their home. And that, for most people, is a very safe environment for them. But they let us right in the door. Please help them. Please fix whatever is going on. So we have that trust in that community. But our guys wanted to see that all the way through to the delivery to the hospital. And I think it makes sense. We're invested in our community. We live in the community. We work here 24-7. We don't rotate out. I grew up starting in this business, working for a private provider. And you're not always invested in the community that you're in. I mean, they're great partners. They're phenomenal. But they don't live here. They don't shop here. We are part of the community. Our fire stations are part of this community. And I imagine there are times when your firefighters have repeat calls to homes where they know the person who's already there. Right. Yes, it is very personal. And we have a lot of those relationships in the community, even by community. So, you know, Pebble Creek is a big community within Goodyear. And they know us as providing that high level of trusted care to to the members that live within Pebble Creek. It's interesting to me, though, the continuation of care that you guys are now providing. It sounds like it's not just a customer service to residents. It also sounds like there was a real desire from members of your department that they want to take that role on to be that kind of first responder and taking you all the way to whether it's the hospital or another type of medical facility. It's not just resident driven. It also seems like it was internally driven by your own members. Right. There's a passion there. There's a, a desire and ownership of the community. They're invested in our community. We all are in our department. And we want to see 
the best for our citizens. We want to provide them the highest level of service for our citizens. And we know that's what they want. In our every other year survey that we get from our citizens, they trust us to provide that high level of service for them. Tell us about how many ambulances we have for Goodyear right now in the city, and then what does it look like down the road? Right now, we have one ambulance. We are working in conjunction with our private transport partner, Maricopa. They provide the other three ambulances. So right now, our city needs about four ambulances. You know, sometimes it goes to five based on call volume or busyness of the day. Uh, But for the most part, four ambulances can cover our city really well. Our plan uh, that we set forth with City Council was to add a new ambulance every fiscal year. So the next time we would add an ambulance would be in July of 24, July of 25, July of 26. And then as we add an ambulance in, Maricopa will withdraw one of the ambulances from the system. So eventually, you know, in the next three to four years, we'll take full control of the system. What does this look like 10 years from now? That will really be dependent upon the volume of calls, which we've been increasing by about 6% per year, but also the population. As we become a little more dense and a little more grown out, we may need to add one or two additional ambulances. That's something that we'll have to continue to watch uh, on a yearly basis to see how effective we are at our ambulance response and then also how efficient we are with our ambulance transports. There's a lot of uh, data analysis that goes into it to ensure that we are providing the right level of coverage for our city. And I know this sounds like a really basic question, but how do you know when you need to call 911? Everybody's definition of an emergency is different. So we would encourage people to use the 911 system if they feel like they're in danger, there's uh, something that they can't handle from uh, whether it's chest pain, shortness of breath. Uh, It appears as though somebody's having a stroke. You know, they can't speak. They've lost the ability to be able to walk or talk. So we would encourage them if they feel like that it's something they can't handle and cannot safely take somebody to the hospital, call 911. We have the ability to, to be able to respond to the house and evaluate what's going on. We have very experienced providers in our system And we can evaluate at that point whether they have to be transported or not to the hospital. Not every call results in a transport to the hospital right now. So we're trying to get a good analysis on our our data on what that percent of time is. But right now, it's about 52% of the time that the ambulance rolls out that they would transport on. So almost half of the time, they're not transporting somebody just because there isn't a need or the problem has resolved by the time that we've got to the house. So not every call equates to a transport. I would have to imagine that, you know, when you guys go on a call, when an ambulance is needed, you are going into situations where people are vulnerable, they're scared, they're nervous, all of the above. And on some of these patients, it might be the second or third time that your members have been to this home or have seen this patient. I would imagine that there's some form of relationships that start to be built between Goodyear Fire and the first responders and some of those residents out there that have relied on your guys' services in the past. Yes. It's rare that we see patients or people or citizens call us multiple times, but it does happen. A lot of times, 
people get scared and they know that if they dial 911 that somebody will come to help them and we absolutely will regardless of what's going on we're going to respond and we're going to see how we can mitigate their emergency and again that's everybody's personal definition of of what's going on but if those scenarios evolve where they're calling a lot of times and so you know unfortunately we do have some citizens that have called us multiple times upwards of 50 times in a year we do have other services that we can get involved with that patient so in late 2021 we started up our crisis response team and they would be then brought into the incident or the call and they could deal with them more in a proactive nature and really get down to the root cause of why they're calling 911 sometimes it's for multiple falls at the house so do they need a walker do they need handrails and our crisis team has those connections to those resources in our community that can get that for them to ensure that they are safe in their their own home. We'll do a safety check on the house. So, it's not only the fire department or the the ambulance. We also provide another level of resources for them to make sure that people and citizens are using the 911 system the most effectively and efficiently. And for people who need an ambulance in an emergency, I mean, those seconds can feel like an eternity yeah. when you're waiting for someone to come. As the city grows so quickly, how can we be assured that timing continues to be of, of the highest importance from your perspective? Yeah. And what is Goodyear Fire doing as a whole to try and kind of keep up with that growth as, right. as time happens? That is a big priority for our city council, that they want fast response times, whether it's police or fire. One of the things that we've done over the last several years is we have brought in a vendor to help us look at the placement of our fire stations, current and future fire stations. We want to make sure that we are hitting our call areas in parts of our community that need us in making sure that we are very efficient and effective in our response times. So we spend a lot of time looking at data to ensuring that we are constructing our stations in the right locations. Currently, we are building our eighth fire station right now. I mean, we're literally pouring concrete into the ground. How many uh, fire stations week. were here when you started? Uh, they had just built fire station 185. So, so that was five at that point. And then kind of rapidly, we've, we've added another three or four stations. So yeah, building the, the eighth station right now. But that location of that station was based on that data analysis to make sure that we're in the most effective and efficient area to meet our response times. Our response time goals of five minutes to 90% of our calls. And so right now, currently we're at 559. So we're working to get better each each time we add a station in. And we hope to see those call response times drop down. But the public should know that, again, all of our firefighters are cross-trained. They function in a dual role. So even if an ambulance doesn't show up first, but the engine does, there's two paramedics on there and they have all of their gear that they would be able to deal with any problem, any situation. A very trusted and safe and effective crew is responding to them. I think the thing that stands out to me when you're mentioning that is for residents to have that reassurance that 
this really is a never ending process for you and your department. You guys are constantly looking at the data, constantly looking at ways to improve or where population centers might be growing or decreasing. And so it really is a never ending situation of constantly checking on the resources, whether that be manpower, equipment, or a a brand new fire station to help best serve the residents. You're right. It's an evolving process. You know, I'm originally from Massachusetts. There's a lot of stations that were built in the 1800s. In fact, one of the fire stations I worked out of was built in the late 1800s. It had a stable for a horse. Yeah, yeah at least <laughs> one, maybe two. Uh, and what was amazing about it is that station hasn't moved. They know that they need additional resources throughout the town or the city, but that's a point of interest, I guess, in, in the town where, you know, in Arizona, because everything's so new by comparison. And we're only about 12.5% built out. We still have that ability to place our stations in the most effective and efficient spots. And I feel very lucky that we're able to do that. But it is an evolving process for us. And in fact, we just don't look at our data on a, on a yearly basis. We're actually looking at it on a quarterly basis to ensure that our response times are effective. And could we make some adjustments or movements to really ensure that we are, are meeting those response times? Chief Louise, thank you so much for talking to us about this new service. And congratulations. Yeah, thank you. We're really excited about this, but also excited about uh, this opportunity opportunity to talk to you guys today. You know, Tammy, what I found so fascinating from Chief Louisi is the fact that it's the members of his own department that were helping to push for this ambulance service, that continuation of care. But I think it's a special attribute that our members have here in Goodyear that they want to be able to see that from the start to completion as far as they can possibly go. Jordan, one thing that Chief talked about that really stuck out with me is just how much the firefighters and the paramedics care when they show up at calls. You know, this is really for them so much more than a job. And that that is certainly very true when it comes to one Goodyear mother, Melissa Moss. I know this is kind of an open-ended question, but give us your background a little bit when it comes to needing the Goodyear Fire Department. Mine is a personal experience. We had a tragedy happen in September of 2019. Um, our daughter was uh, in a drowning and Goodyear Fire Department was very crucial at that moment with that And I know one of the things that was crucial about their involvement was how quickly they got to the scene. It was just a matter of moments from when the accident happened to when they were on the scene providing aid. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Don't even want to say it was like a minute. It was just over, I think, just a minute. Which is interesting because so often I think in an emergency, it can feel like an eternity. It felt like an eternity. Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, I think back to that day and it's, it's a blur, you know, time is, I had to kind of get all that afterwards, but yeah, they were right there and just went into action. And it's because of them that our daughter's still here today. I think that's sometimes so overlooked with the job that first responders do. Not only are they doing the medical aspect of it, helping whoever's in need, like in this situation, your daughter, but they're also having to deal with the the loved ones who are nearby and trying to get to the root of what happened. And it can be a chaotic, frantic scene. And to be able to have that kind of personal relationship that's made in a matter of seconds can really help go a long way. Absolutely. Once they arrived on scene, they were put into action. They knew what they were doing. They had their job to do and they did it very well. 
As a mom of kids, our kids are very much the same age. It's hard for me to kind of think about how I would respond in a situation like yours and what kind of goes through your head in that moment. And when they arrive and you see them walk through the door, like what does that feel like for you as a mom when you're just in that really, really crucial moment? I always say we lived every parent's nightmare, right? You just, everyone thinks it can't happen to them. So in that moment, I think it was pure panic, scared, not knowing what, you know, was happening, what was going on exactly. But the Goodyear Fire Department took care of me, kind of helped get me to a place where I kind of knew what was going on, but then we were kind of removed so they could do their job with Aviana. The fire chief was telling us that for a lot of their paramedics and first responders, being able to now offer this ambulance service is very personal to them. And they actually want to see these things through. They want to take the patient from the incident to the hospital and see the whole thing through. Does that, does that surprise you that they take that kind of pride? Not at all. I think it's amazing. I think that, you know, a lot of the times, one of the things that's unique with our situation is they have followed through um, and have developed a personal relationship with us. So I think that just adds to what they're already doing and sees through the whole process. What does that actually look like that they have continued to stay in contact with you guys, that they've continued to follow up? What does that actually mean? What does that look like? It's beautiful. It's special. It's, you know, Eviana has these extended angels that we say that were, you know, part of that. And it's neat to see she lights up when she sees them and they, when they see her vice versa. So it's very cool. And are these the paramedics that were actually at your house that day? Yeah. Yeah. That wow. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a small world that day because it was just kind of the way everything happened. And the people that we met was a, a blessing, huge I call them angels because that's really what they were. And they've really shown up at almost every stage of the recovery process for your daughter, right? You mentioned before we were off air that they were at Phoenix Children's Hospital because your daughter was there for couple months, right? Oh yeah. And then they've been following up ever since then as well. Yeah, they were, they showed up at the hospital, whole crew. They've been at her birthday parties. They've, they follow along her journey. We share videos and it's just neat to see that. Before what happened to your daughter, did you ever think you would need to ever call 911 or, or send your daughter in an ambulance? No. Um, I think it's one of those things you just don't, you know, think about. It doesn't cross your mind as a parent. It, it would never happen to us. It, you know, I'm here to say that it can happen to anybody and that we're grateful that we do have the Goodyear Fire Department. And now with this ambulance service, it'll be that much more escalated. People need medical first responders all the time, but I think it is somewhat rare what we have here in Goodyear to have these first responders, these paramedics, these firefighters that continue to stay in touch. Just strictly as a Goodyear resident, what does it mean to you to have a fire department like that in the city that you live in that shows that they care that much? I think it's comforting. I think it's like you said, it's, it's unusual. I would have never thought a, the situation we were in, but that, you know, they would continue to follow up and be invested in that. And it's, it's great. How is Eviana doing? She's five now. She is. She just turned five in February. She's doing great. She's a little bit determined. Um, she's on her road to recovery and she's, she's doing incredible. It's got to be great to have those people that kind of champion you along in that process as well. Besides, of course, you know, your family, your friends, but to have outside people to still kind of be following that process, cheering you on, rooting you on as you make your recovery. I have to imagine that's inspiring as well for her. Absolutely inspiring. Yes. And I think for them too to see, you know, we're talking about following through and seeing, you know, I don't know how often they get to see what they've done for families or, you know, patients that they've worked with or worked on. So I think it's, it's kind of a twofold. No parent is expecting to have to call 911, have to use emergency services, but what would be your message to parents out there that might be listening to this 
that will have a future interaction with the Goodyear Fire Department. Just to know that they're in amazing hands and just to have that hope and, and keep it going and trust that they, they're the best at what they're doing. You must look at fire trucks differently now when you mm-hmm. see them going to emergencies down the street. I do. You know, a little trauma maybe sets in, but it's just, you know, I always wonder and hope and pray that, you know, the people that are on the receiving end of that, I know that they're in good care, but I always can't help but wonder, you know. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, taking the time and joining us and well wishes to Eviana. We're rooting for her here in City of Goodyear. And just thank you so much for being open and honest and sharing your story with us. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, Tammy, as we just heard from Melissa, it's every parent's nightmare to have to rely or have to call 911 and have paramedics EMT show up. But I think what should be so reassuring to Goodyear residents is what Melissa was saying, that these are people who care. These are people who are in this community. They live here themselves. They have children that go to these schools here in Goodyear. And I was just blown away to hear her story of how members of that department are continuing to stay in her young daughter's life, even though it's been years since they first reported on the scene for her call. And sometimes you don't realize that until you're on the other side of the situation at hand when you're the family member, the mother, and you've gone through this process and, you know, the faces of the the firefighters who show up your door. You'll never forget that in that moment. And for these firefighters at the same time, they'll never forget that either. It's a very personal moment, I think, brings two sides of a potential tragedy together. And it's just, it's, I think it's so comforting and reassuring for a lot of families, especially those who've had to call 911 to know that they know who these first responders are and they've, they've built a bridge with them. And even though these first responders are going out on hundreds of calls throughout the course of a year, it's not like they just forget, you know, where it's, they flush it out of their system. These stories, these people, these residents that they're dealing with on a daily basis impact their lives as well. And so I think that's just such an interesting perspective, as you mentioned, that a lot of times we don't think about it through what first responders are feeling or how they're seeing a situation, but it's impacting them just as much as it is our residents who need those emergency services. And we hope that you all have gathered a lot of good information here today, but also looking forward to the future of Goodyear. We talk a lot about the growth of this city and just know that the city, the council, the fire department, the fire chief, everyone is planning well ahead years in advance for things like this, emergencies, emergency services to make sure that our residents are taken care of. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Growing Goodyear podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and taking the time to listen. Until next time, for Tammy Vo, I'm Jordan Bird, and remember, it's a great time to be in Goodyear. That concludes this episode of Growing Goodyear. Make sure to leave us a review and subscribe on your favorite streaming or podcast player app. If you have any questions or comments, email us at communications at GoodyearAZ.gov. And don't forget to follow us on the City of Goodyear's social media pages.